גיטין דף נ"ט עמוד ב', שלום, כל התורה כולה מפני דרכי שלום. One of the big challenges in, in business, in life, in everything, is managing competing interests. So in, in business, we've got it with competing stakeholder interests. Uh, that's one of the big ethical and strategic challenges of a business, where on the one hand, you've got to satisfy the, the, the shareholders' desire and, and need for returns on their investment. The employees have a different need. Uh, the management has a different need. These, these competing interests have to be managed. And perhaps one of the areas of the greatest competing interest that we have to manage are the competing interests of ourselves as, as individuals, the interests of our bodies, the interests of our emotions, the interests of our neshamot, of our souls. Uh, they have different interests, they have different drives, they have different needs. How do we manage all of that? And that's part of the self-mastery that we talked about on Daphne Zion. When we said at the end of the day, the reason we're put into this world is not just to manage the operational aspect of, of halakha. Of course, we've got to manage the operational aspect of halakha. At the end of the day, it's in the detail of halakha that Kedusha comes into the world. That's where Kedusha is. But that's not the reason we're put here. The reason we put here is through utilizing Torah and Halakha is to be able to achieve levels of, of self-mastery. And part of self-mastery is managing the, the competing drives and needs uh, of, of individuals and of society as a, as a whole. And what the Torah demonstrates to us is that the only way you're going to deal with competing interests is when you understand the competing interests as all being part of a single overarching integrated system. Uh, and, and if we can think about our competing interests as part of one integrated system, it becomes a little bit easier to understand the world, to operate in the world, and to, and to master ourselves. So let's have a look at the, at the Gemara. We start with the Mishnah on Daphne Tessam with Aleph at the bottom. There are certain things which the Chachomim instituted, the Rabbis instituted, because of Darkei Shalom, to make sure that there's peace in the world. One example is, Kohen Korei Rishon Vacharav Levi Vacharav Yisrael Mipnei Darkei Shalom. When we call people up to the, to the Torah, And it's not just the Torah, it's other areas of honor as well as the Gomorrah discusses. When we call people up to the Torah, the Kohen goes first, then the Levi, then the, the Yisrael. Says, there, says, So that people shouldn't get into arguments. Who should get the first Aliyah? Who should get the second Aliyah? It's laid down. We've got a program. Kohen gets first, Levi gets second. By the time we get to third, who cares who gets third or fourth or fifth? Uh, the important ones have already been given out. Uh, says the Gomorrah, Where do we get this from? Uh, that, 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 is, that that is so. And then the Gemara goes on, and eventually, It says in the Torah, that you have to sanctify the Kohen. In all matters of, of, of Kedusha. Whenever Kedusha is involved, the Kohen goes first. What does that mean? Means in every area he opens first. If, if somebody's going to speak, the Kohen speaks first. If somebody's being called up to the Torah, the Kohen gets called up to the Torah first. Uh, and to, if, the, the, if you're dividing something up, um, then the Kohen gets to choose first as to which piece he wants. Wants to, he wants to take. 
said to Rav Yosef, Shalom, are you telling me this is instituted because of Darke Shalom? If that's the case, that we're learning it out of a Pasuk of Ekidash how does the Mishnah tell us that the reason that a coin goes first is to stop arguments that the Chachomim were Mesakin, that the Chachomim legislated this in order to remove tension and argument from, from society? This is a Doraisa. It says Ekidash Why do we need another reason? Answers the Gemara, Yes, it's Doraisa. And why is it, says Rashi, that the Torah gave us this mitzvah to put the coin first? The Torah This is another case uh, similar to the one we've had, we had recently of, of Doshim Tama Dikra, where we hold that, the, that there are reasons that the Torah gives certain mitzvahs, and the reason here is for Darkei Shalom. Ask the Gemara a fascinating, a fascinating question. Okay, you're saying the reason the Torah tells us that a Kohen has to go before a Levi, a Levi before Yisrael, is to have a peaceful society. Isn't that the reason for every mitzvah in the Torah? The entire Torah is for Darkei Shalom. That's an amazing concept. What is the Torah about? Says the Gemara, tell us about Darke Sholem. What does that mean, really? You can't eat milk after meat because you've got to have a peaceful society? You've got to bring a Korban Shlomim or a Korban Chatos to have a peaceful society? Is, is that what it is? You, 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 maybe Shabbos you can understand. Uh, Shatnez is because of a peaceful society. What does that mean? Shalom. That's what the Torah is about. The fabric of the Torah is shalom. The purpose of the Torah is shalom. The meaning of the Torah is shalom. That's what the Torah is about. Again, that doesn't mean we can put peace before halakha. It's, it's a matter of integrating and understanding how, how halakha works with shalom. Now, to understand what shalom is, I, I, I want to look a little bit more deep, deeply in an amazing concept that Rabdovid Pavaski uncovers, uh, and, and we spoke about Reb David Pavaski just recently. I really discovered his work on, on Gitin only the last week or two. Uh, although, as I've mentioned, I, I knew Reb David Pavaski. I know his, his son is a Rosh Yeshiva in Ponovich. Now, Reb David Pavaski learned in all the great yeshivas of Eastern Europe. He learned in Slotsk, he learned in Mir, he learned in Slabotka, he learned in Kelm under Reb Nochem Zev, the, the son of Reb Simchazis and the altar of Kelm. So he has this unique Lithuanian blend of, of the humanism and the spirituality of, of Musa together with the Lomdas of, of the great yeshivas of Lithuania. So he's a very interesting and deep um, uh, Talmud Chochem. Uh, and, and, and they published these shurim not, not that long ago. And he says the following, This is not about the individual coin. This is about the tribe. So he's discussing, for example... So you've given the coin, you, 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 people are speaking, you've got a function, and you've got six people speaking. So you ask the first person to speak, you ask the coin. Now there are another five koanim there. Now can you ask the chief rabbi to speak next, or do you have to ask all five koanim to speak before you can ask the chief rabbi or the, or the rov of the kehila or, or the president? Do we, all the koanim, as long as there's a coin there, do we have to honor him? No, says Rabdovid, this is about honoring the shevet. And by, by honoring the tribe, honoring the concept of kuhuna. So by giving the first one to a kohen, you have honored the kuhuna. 
Now you can give the second one to a levy, even if there are lots of koan in there still, or to, or to whoever. This is not about a, an individual koan. This is about honoring the office, honoring the tribe. It's the tribe that has the rights to that first aliyah. By honoring Mr. Cohen, who's sitting in the shul, you're not honoring Mr. Cohen. You're honoring Shevet Kuhuna. It's a completely different honor that, that you're giving. That's the meaning of honoring the Kohen. And that's the case. If that's what we take, David, he proves it from a Meiri. If that's the, what, what we're taking as the basis, then how does the Mishnah work that it's because Darke Shalom? Darke Shalom is the people in the shul are going to be fighting over the first Aliyah. The people in the shul are going to be fighting about who gets the first honor. That, that's talking about individuals. Who fights? The individuals fight. It's not, we're not going to get a letter of demand from Shevet Levy, from their lawyer, to say we feel offended as Shevet Levy. That's not what it's going to be about. So what does he mean? What he means is this isn't about individuals. This is about forces in the world. When we talk about shalom, we're not just talking about social peace. We're not talking about peace between individuals. We're talking about peace between competing forces in the world. Kahuna is a force in the world that means something in the world. There's an energy in the world and it demands certain attention. And when you give your attention to one energy, you're removing attention from another energy. And that's the issue. Who do you give that attention to? It's about that. It's about the Kerch in the world, the Kerch of Kahuna. So if it's about forces and not people, then we can understand this idea of shalom much, much more widely. It all brings peace. It all brings shleimut. Shalom comes from the word shalem. The opposite of shalom is machloket. Machloket comes from the word chelik. Shalem means a single integrated system. Chelik means disjointed pieces that are not part of an integrated system. So shalom means systems thinking, seeing the world as a, as a system, seeing yourself as a system, as we spoke about on Daphne and Zion, the, 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 the fact that the body and the soul are part of one system and we try and treat disease chemically or, or physically and we try and treat addiction chemically. We don't understand. There's a, the human being is a system and he has a physical part and he has an emotional part and he has a spiritual part. And it's all one system that works together. And one has to treat the person as, a, as an entire system. And then you can get that shalom, shleimut means the, the, the opposite of, of chiluk, of, of separating out, seeing it as one system. The Gemara says, Machloket was the Medrash says in Perik Dalit in, in Breshis Rabbah that the world, that on the second day of creation, Machloket was created because created, that's when Hashem separated the first, the waters of the Shemaim, the waters of Tachat Larakia. And if we understand that in terms of, of water vapor in the air and water in the sea, in the ocean and in the rivers, it's all the same water. It's part of one system. It's one ecological system. There's a circulation. The water's in the air and it comes down as rain and it goes to the sea and it evaporates and goes back to the air. It's one ecological system. And when you separate them out, that's when you create machloket. When you see them as one system, that's when you have shleimut. That's when you have the word. That's when you have the concept of shalem. And we learned on Daphnun Zion how even one's addictions and one's cravings can go with one to olam haemet after life. You go to the afterworld, which is only a spiritual world. You don't have a body anymore. So what's the addiction? What's the craving? 
And we learned with the amazing rebellion, we learned the, uh, based on the Reb Simchazisel, no, there's the craving there too, because craving is a spiritual thing as well. The human being is an integrated whole, is not, can't be break, broken up into these different pieces. And you've got to treat the person as, as an inter- integrated whole. Only then can you begin to solve. Just as in a business, you have to treat the, the stakeholders of a business as a system. And, and if we can understand the system, we'll see in one minute how we treat them as an integrated system. Then we can manage competing interests because they're no longer competing interests. A system means each chilek is there to serve the system, not to be served by the system. And if everybody is there to serve the higher purpose, if everybody is there to serve the system, then everybody's needs are given. You give each part of the system, what it needs to serve the system. Not what it needs because it has a craving, not what it needs because it's greedy, not what it needs because it's selfish. You give each part what it needs to fulfill its role in the system. The shareholders have certain needs to continue to provide capital for the business. You give them what they need to fulfill that role. The employees need certain things. The customers need certain things. You give each what they need to be part of the system. You give your body what it needs to be part of the system of Adam. You give the soul what it needs to be part of the system of Adam. And and, and that becomes the important part. The the Maharal explains that the word Shalem, look at what a shin is. A shin is three, three spokes and he says you need the left and you need the right and you need the middle to hold them together. You, you need the competing interests, but you need to make them part of one system by having a central theme, that they're all bound by that central theme. And the Lamed has height because the way you create a system is what is the purpose? What is the higher purpose of the system? What are we here to serve? Who are we here to serve? And then you've got the Mem, he says, which is closed. It's a closed system. It's not part of other things. This system becomes closed altogether. And we see this beautifully when Avram says to the Rebbeinu Shalom, we have this in, in Breshis Rabbah. The Rebbe says to the Moshe, Avram says to the Rebbe it's not scientifically possible for me or Sarai to have a baby. Sarai at that time. It's not scientifically possible. It says, Hashem, if you restrict yourself to the scientific system, you're right, but go beyond that. Science is a system, but science is a subsystem of a bigger system. And then Hashem takes him a chutzah and the major says, He takes him out of the scientific system and shows him the world as part of a bigger system. And he says, you're right, Avram can't have a baby, but if you put the hay in there, hay is the bigger part of the system. There's the Yud Vav is Hashem's world. And we've got the physical world, but hay is where Hashem's world and the physical world interface to create a major, bigger super system. And Hashem takes Avram out of the scientific system and shows him something bigger than the scientific system. Not contradicting the scientific system, just bigger than the scientific system. And he puts a hay in Avram, and he puts a yud in, and he puts a hay in Sarah. And if you add the hay, if you add Hashem, the system becomes easier to understand. In the whole discussion now between machines and humans, we've got to have the hay in the discussion. Humans have an ashoma. No AI has an ashoma and ever will have an ashoma. But the whole conversation is happening within the scientific system. The human being is a piece of science and AI is a piece of science. So these are two machines. Which one's going to win? But the human being isn't a machine. 
the human being is a part of, of a bigger system and we have to be able to see that. So yes, it's true that the challenge is to manage competing interests. We have competing interests in the business, we have competing interests in politics, we have competing interests in communities and societies, and we have competing interests in our own lives. If we can see the Shin, and we can see the Lamed and the Mem, we can see the Shlemut, if we learn how to be able to see it all as part of one much bigger system and to give every chilek, every piece, what it needs to serve the system, rather than what it wants and what it desires and what it craves, then the Chol Nativotea Shalom will understand how the Torah gives us insight into this mega system and how to satisfy the different pieces within that system to create integrity, unity and harmony.